Gonna let these folks in the room. And let's see what happens. I'm excited about who's coming in the room. These ain't strangers, thank God. These are people I know. I know they're dynamite. Yeah, it is. It is. Exposure is sometimes greater than the check. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. The man, the myth, and legend, Dr. Nate Dunlap, my friend. I know Flossie Jama's in the room somewhere. She's probably hanging out. And uh, we just going to go with people in the order that they appeared. And Dr. Dunlap, you know he, he was number one. Dr. Dunlap, number one, baby. How you doing, sir? My brother, I am doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm man, just glad to be here. I, I tell you what, man. You are, you, you, one day I'm going to talk about you at length. But you get it, bro. I, I mean, doctor, you get it. You support people. I, I see you supporting all different types of folks. And this is one thing that I've really, you know, like if I come up with something, I just came up with this. I, I, I just came up with this, I think, today or yesterday. I don't know. It was just like, let's do, let's do this. And Dr. Dunlap just like, man, I'm going to support you. I'm down with you, man. You, you, It's hard to find friends like that, man. And uh, Dr. Nate, Dr. Nate Dunlap, you are truly, I mean, we are just like a brotherhood. I, if you was around the corner from me, I'd be at your house every day borrowing your sugar. No, I'd be at your house because you cook. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, brother. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to keep this informal. But a pop-up is basically, for all of you guys that will watch out there, a pop-up is like okay we didn't plan this we're gonna find a place and we're just gonna go there and see what type of response we get well i said well let's take that same energy and use it in a podcast format and let's just say hey look we're gonna run our podcast tonight anyone that wants to come on and talk about how what they got going on can come on it's just that simple we won't check your credit the dr dunlap might <laughs> we, we won't run your background we just we just want to bless you uh, with some airtime. So, Doctor Dunlap, my friend, please tell us what is going on in your world. A lot has changed since the last time you appeared here. So, get the folks caught up because you got a lot of good stuff going on, sir. Ah, so listen, we are we are super excited. Um, number one, we are doing better than than than. Than good and i think there's a lot to be said about that right yeah um you know a lot of people have been just trying to survive right just trying to survive over the last couple of years and we've been able to see people thrive we've been able to see people do some miraculous things or god do some miraculous things through some people um used us and expanded our team here at the prf institute i'm really excited about that you don't see the bags up under my eyes no more, brother. So, you know, that means I got some folk around us that are helping to, to pull some of this load because it's weighty. And so life, life is good. Life is good. I'm getting ready to go on vacation. Hey, this is a pop-up. I'm ready to go on vacation. Yes, sir. In a little in a little bit. Can't tell you when because, you know, I'll put out that for offset purposes. That's, that's a <laughs> yeah, we got a vacation in the future. <laughs> Dr. Dunlap, man, you, you, you're, so, you're so smooth. I was... I was co connected with you when somebody was, uh, they was knocking on the wrong door in your neighborhood, wasn't they? <laughs> I said, you might, I might want to put out a message. Y'all don't want to knock on that door now. I'm just telling you. 
And so, Dr. Delab, you're the founder of PRF Institute. Tell us what PRF is, sir. Many people uh, who may not know you uh, may not know what PRF is and what it does. Absolutely. Thank you. So the PRF Institute is a stewardship-based teacher ministry, one of a kind. It is that that organization that really helps people to connect the spiritual, physical, and the financial together. Um, we pride ourselves on, on making spaces safe for individuals. So, for example, um, having the conversations one-on-one, our one-on-one consultations is something that's very, very big for with us. And we, we've incorporated that into the teaching that we've been doing for almost 14 years now. Wow. Almost 14, July be 14 years. And uh, what we found is that people want somebody that's going to walk with them through a process. Right. 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 Not just, just tell me, hey, go see Dr. Dunlap. Right. Not just tell them to go see Dr. Dunlap or somebody on the team, but walking with them through the process. So when they start to fall off the wagon a little bit, you need somebody to help you to be accountable to get you back onto the wagon. Yeah. So we focus on seven different areas um, from financial healing, from stewardship, which is the, the basis of what we do, um, credit, debt, um, estate planning, or what we call legacy, uh, planning and savings. And then, of course, for the church folk, uh, we talk about giving and tithing. They don't want to fool, fool with that too much, though. Yeah, but, you know, we, we offer it, though. You know, we offer it. <laughs> they don't want to touch that. They don't want to touch them tithes and offerings. It's sacred now, baby. <laughs> Sometimes offering same Dr. Dunlap be stepping on some toes in the in the back row sometimes on the ties and offering teaching. Dr. Dunlap, I hey, am, we got we got we got company, so don't don't make me don't book me no, out. I, there, no, 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 we gonna be good, right, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Flossie Jama is gonna be up next on our pop up uh, uh, podcast tonight. This is a special. We've never done it this way before. And I just said I wanted to have some people on. I didn't pick them. I said, listen, we'll open it up to anybody who's got something good to say. Dr. Dunlap, you have been on my mind a lot recently because I, you know, I stalk you from a distance. You know, I see what you I see what you got going on and I, and I love it. But I wanted to kind of use you as a voice for some people tonight who let's say we take a, a baseline person, right? A family. And they don't know where to start in this whole, uh, you know, resources and finance and saving and strategies for the future. It, what would you tell them? I mean, like, how do they how, what direction do they go? How, how do you help them? Because you say you walk them through this. How do you get them to first base? Everything for us starts with an assessment. And so one of the things that we we do not do is just try to start where we want people to be right we know that credit people are suffering with credit right now so and we know people are not able to save like they used to be able to save if they were saving so we don't just say you know what we know planning and savings is a really good thing so we're going to start and put out a whole bunch of lessons and we want to hope y'all come that's foolishness right so what we do if you come to us or when people come to us we start off with two basic things. We start off with two general ass- or two assessments. One is a general assessment and the other one is a stewardship assessment. With those two um, assessment tools, where there are two components that we use within our ministry, those are things that's going to kind of give us a little bit of a window into your soul, kind of let us know a little bit about where you are and what you're thinking. Um, and then we ask you, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? I had a conversation with somebody today. Um, they were looking to, to plan and save. So I was like, bet we know where to go in the direction. And that's the direction that we take. Now, in order to get there, sometimes, uh, CL, 
if we notice and recognize that there's a step that you don't recognize, then we have to incorporate that into the plan. So right. you want to save and, and and you want to do some planning and savings, but you don't budget at all. So how are you going to know how much money you can really save, <laughs> how much you can't save? Right. So we may need to dial it back a notch and then ramp you back up um, to getting you to the place that you want to get. I'm, listen, I'm, before you go, I'm excited. I got a word yesterday from one of our stewardship coaches sent, sent the, uh, a note to me and said that we helped this young brother. I'm talking about a young brother get from up under 60 something thousand dollars worth of debt, man. Oh my. That's the type of stuff, man. It just warms my heart, bro. That's what I'm talking about, man. The the that is what I'm talking about. Listen, Dr. Dunlap, when when I when I heard you say how you did see, I was setting him up because you know I know how Dr. Dunlap roll and I ain't going I'm not gonna throw him no curveball. I'm gonna throw him a right pitch, you know, because I, I listen, I wanna promote. That's all I wanna do. But you said exactly what people need to hear. Especially in the coaching industry, sometimes people are they want you to understand their program and they want to try to make their program fit your life and get you to adopt. But what Dr. Dunlap said is first thing we got to do is we got to do a, a couple assessments and assessments mean that you got to get honest with where you are. Right. You, if you if you can't, you know what I mean? Like if I say if, if you looked at me and said, hey, King, you want to get down to your Marine Corps weight of 167? Let's let's do a couple assessments. What you eating all the time, brother? Oh, man, I only eat salads and and, you know, pomegranates. I only eat juices and berries. You lying, bro. <laughs> you got to You got to An assessment is be, being honest with yourself. And, and after you get that assessment from people, Dr. Dunlap, then you're able to help them uncover, you know, the direction that they need to go, huh? Absolutely, because everything is about the root causes, right? So so I'm, I'm talking to somebody today. Um, we got a couple people out, so they've been working me for the last two weeks. Get it, brother. Um, but this person was talking about, about credit and debt. And, and, the, and the reality is, if we're going to talk about credit and debt, of course, yes, let's do the assessments on credit. Let's do the assessments on debt. But let's find out why you're in that situation, right? Mm -hmm. And once you find out why, then my thing is we want to make sure that if there's some bad behaviors out there, that we help you to identify those so that you don't make those same mistakes again. That's right. Right. One of the one of the worst things that um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, my sister, <sighs> I hate people that fix credit. I don't hate people that fix credit. I hate this whole fixing credit crap. Okay. I hate it. I hate it. I detest it. I believe God hates it as well because it pushes people into a whole bunch of places that they wish they never was. So the amount of people that we talk to that's like, you know what? I paid somebody $129 a month to help fix my credit. And I'm like, man, y'all could have been donating $129 a month if y'all just connected with us a couple months ago, right? Right. But now we're, we're, we're doing, we're cleaning up other people's mess. And it's so evil. I, I'm... I'm real intent. It's so evil because folks know that if you hold on to somebody's money for six months, that those bills are not being paid. Right. And they believe in their mind that you're paying those bills down and you're working something out on their behalf. And that's not what's happening 99% of the time. Wow. I told you, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Dunlap is he is the real heat, ladies and gentlemen. You can't you well you could when you could get Dr. Dunlap to show up to your pop up podcast, you doing something. I feel like I've arrived. I was trying to interview Denzel this year. I think I might just start with Dr. Dunlap. Uh, so let me let me ask you one more, one or two more questions, Dr. Dunlap. Um when when you when you 
we're writing your books. Uh, you you've got two you got two or three books. I got two published. Okay, two published, right? Uh, when you were writing your books, tell us about tell us a little bit about both books because they both have a unique. Uh, they have both are unique in design. So tell us about them. So the first book I published uh, is called Don't Leave Me Like This, Inspiration to Leave a Legacy. And um, it tells uh, three stories of three father figures in my life. And all of them passed away within a two-year period. And all of them had some things that were missing that was going to make life better for the ones who were being left behind. Mm -hmm. And so I tell this story um, to be just totally honest and transparent in hopes that people don't have to go through the same thing that I went through. And you pick up on the things that I'm saying for inspiration so that you can do better about leaving your own legacy. Nobody should be dying without life insurance, right? And if somebody dies without life insurance, there should be somebody there to help pick up the pieces for a family structure. Um, so that was the first book. I published that book. Um, it's, it's on our website, prfinstitute.org. Um, and then the second book I published um, was in 2019. Um, oh my God, that book, man, it was, it's so powerful because it's called What's Next, um, Preparing to Leave, uh, Preparing for Eternity. Right. And at the time that I was doing the the, the first round of edits, we were going through a tornado. <laughs> Bro, I was, listen, we was in the middle of our hallway, my whole family in the middle of the hallway, my niece, everybody. And I'm on the laptop doing, looking over the edits from the first edits, right? And it was a tornado thing because, and, and I got off the phone. I mean, I, uh, when the tornado watch was over, um, something told me to reach out to somebody that was about 15 minutes away from me. And I said, hey, I reached out to the sister and I said, hey, well, check how's everybody, out, your family out there in this little small community where I live. And she said, I lost nine family members. Oh, my. This was like 30 minutes before I called her. Really? And I'm still like, yeah. And, and, and what it showed me was I was on the right track with what God was giving me to write that second book because eternity is not about where we're actually going. Mm -hmm. right eternity is is that road that people have while we gone right ah. Dunlap dies a day what's that road to eternity gonna look like for my wife what's that gonna look like for my three my three c's so um i, I wrote that book and and it has some some really good pieces into it that speak to some of the things that people need to be focusing on once somebody passes away so the book is not for the person who just lost somebody the, the book is for the person next to the person who lost somebody why because when my dad died, I'm not in the headspace. I want to freaking grieve. Right. I don't want to deal with a whole bunch of stuff. If I'm if a bill is late, whatever, I just lost my pop, right? I don't right. care. Right. That's the reality. And it's not personal, but it's just where people are. So we wanted to make sure, I wanted to make sure that people have this resource so that the people around them can say, oh, I need to be making sure I contact the mortgage company. Oh, I need to be making sure I contact the bank and, and get the, the death certificates to them. Because people just don't know about this stuff, man. They're 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 wallowing their way through while stuff is going down the tubes. And so it was just a, a good resource, man. And wow. I'm grateful that that God allowed me to write it and uh praying that more people will catch on because think about it, it was written right before the pandemic. It surely was. 
And I have, ladies and gentlemen, I have both of the books in my library. So, uh, of course, they're they're signed. You can't mess with them. They will be they will be enshrined in the in the holy of holies. There, Um, I did something that I found that I was negligent on. Let me just confess to the doctor because he is a preacher too, Flossy. I had I didn't have all my passwords. Charity didn't have all her passwords in a place where we would know like her bank she's got she's got a different bank for certain things and you know all of our passwords electric bill all of these things need to be known instead of just sometimes just automatically doing them through your phone it's an auto password and all that and i said man we've got it was a lot of work to sit down and say okay this is step one this is the mortgage company password this is right and and I thought about that. I said, man, you know, I'm just assuming that just because I just because we do it automatically. And I said, but I could leave. This could be a mess because people wouldn't be able to get into the account. They wouldn't, wouldn't know how to get into the account. And so I, I did that little work. I felt a little uh, proud of myself to actually make sure that it's all there. Uh, of course, you inspire me. I feel I keep, you know, I make sure that I'm prepared when I talk to Dr. Dunlap because he's all about preparedness. So I do have one final question for you. And then I'm gonna turn. I, you know, I just got back from vacation, so I I was up there in the Norfolk area. Um, what has the pandemic, especially in, in in you being elbows deep in helping people during that time, what has the pandemic taught us in relation to our preparedness? Put it on, take it off mute, brother. It's so good. They don't even want you to sit. They don't even want to hear it to take it off mute. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. I wasn't expecting that one, brother. Yes, sir. Um, one of the things that the pandemic has really taught many of us is that we and many of the institutions in which we collectively are serving were very much unprepared. Hmm. Now, not only has that been one of the biggest lessons, the fear of leaders in knowing that they are prepared, have not been prepared as something that has come out in a very large way. Mm -hmm. And then the the, the third thing is with the light at the end of the tunnel and these opportunities to do some new normal stuff. Yeah. That is one of the worst things that has happened to us in the pandemic, because while our, our, the COVID-19's foot was on our necks, People were thinking different. Yeah. They were thinking, you know what? I got to do this, right? Not talking about the ones who were just trying to survive, ones who barely could eat and all of that. Right. Those of us who had means, those of us who had access, those of us who had resources, it caused us a lot of us to think a whole lot differently. Yeah. The sad part with that is those of many of us, not me, but many of us who are in certain socioeconomic statuses and have resource and access have failed to properly prepare the people for the next one. And that's the worst thing that I've seen happen throughout this pandemic. Yeah. Worse worse than almost a million people dying. Yeah. The the intentional, the intentionality by leaders and people with access to make sure people are prepared for the long haul is the worst thing that happened to me that I believe has happened during this pandemic. Wow. So we just, we just hunkered down and endured and didn't really get the the lessons learned 
and then reverted back to our previous behaviors. Which, yeah, like think about it like this. You know that many people could not apply for funds from the government, right? Many people could not get the the freebies that was out there, right? Which create free. Many of the people that could not do it was because their organizations weren't set up to receive. Mm Mm-hmm. Did not have their tax papers pe- prepared. Right. Did not have their 501c3s, but you've been talking about 501c3 and giving folks back statements. <laughs> oh, yeah. So did not have all that. Right. So people missed out. And as they missed out, you think the opportunities are not going to be there for the long haul? You right. think the opportunities are not going to come back? So let's see what happens in the next couple of months when the supply chain continues to get tighter. Yeah. And, t- and tighter. Let Russia and, and Ukraine continue to keep going at each other. Watch how when more people continue to, to, to not be able to get out there and produce a lot of goods and services that we need in America and around the globe, in China, right? Folks on lockdown, bro. I've been locked down for like a month. I know. Like, seriously, what, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to have a secondary effect. Yes. And we're already seeing it. Right. I shouldn't be paying a dollar eighty five for avocados coming from Mexico. <laughs> right, brother. Avocados cost ninety something cents. Let's grow a tree, brother. Farmers market. Yes. Right? <laughs> Those are the type of things that just should not be happening. And the people who are not prepared, if you don't have rice in your cabinet right now, all right. If you don't have beans in your cabinet, yeah. all right. All right. I ain't talking about having steak and, and right. lobster. Right. Yeah. When I went to get a deep freeze a couple weeks ago got a small deep freezer right they were running out of deep freezers so i pay attention to stuff like that right yeah. so when i see that 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 home depot and lowe's are almost out of deep freezers or it's going to take two weeks for them to get more deep freezers you know what that tells me some folk with some sense is yeah. stocking up they are <laughs> and what i want to do is be one of the ones that's yeah. helping other people if I, like i told them a couple weeks ago in our session one of the sessions we we're doing planning and savings during the pandemic did a series on that if I'm telling you that don't listen, sister, listen, you don't know me from Adam's house cat. I learned that, that saying from the South. Uh, but if I tell you I got it, I'm going out to get me a deep freezer. Brother King will tell you, you probably want to go out there and get you a deep freezer. Yeah, <laughs> right, uh, right. right. <laughs> and, and put some stuff up in it. Right. Do the things that I'm doing. Right. Jesus says something about don't be following the, the religious leaders and the Sadducees. You right. know, listen to what they're saying, but don't do what they do because what they're right. doing they ain't really doing it. They're not really serious about what they're talking about. Yeah. If I tell you, listen, I'm going to put some money over here and you got the money to do it, put your money over there too. Let's all do that and then we're all going to be in a better spot because then when people, people need somebody to help, to help them, they know where to come. Yeah. Right now, folks will be in a jacked up way, so I'm going to stop. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, a friend of mine, a, a platinum sponsor of our podcast, just someone who... I, when I talk about uh, support, he is, I can call him anytime, day or night. I try not to do that too much though, right, doctor? I try I try to not bother you too much. Uh, but I mean, like he really he really is about helping people. He has a heart for people and a heart for, for getting people ready, man, not making going down the same paths. You can go to prfinstitute.org to connect with Dr. Nate Dunlap. And uh, any closing thoughts before we let you go and get ready for your vacation, Doctor Dunlap? No, I got I got class tonight at eight o'clock, but I'm I'm ready to hear my sister because she up there doing some head nodding. So I'm like, yeah, oh, Flossy Java, I can't wait. 
I can't wait to hear. Look, I look at all that stuff in the back, vision board and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to hear what she got to talk about. Flossie Jama is the Bob. So thank you, Dr. Dunlap. Uh, Flossie Jama uh, is someone who has rapidly become one of my favorite people when I see pop up online because she is so inspirational. If you guys could see in the in that's at online, she has a smile that's pretty infectious. And she's originally she hails from let me make sure I get this right, Cameroon, Africa, right? No. Uh Cape Town. Where where is where do you originally wait, wait, wait. Give me the give me the letter. K. Uh what's what's in K Africa? Where is that? Tell me. Kenya. Kenya. Whoops. I, Cameroon. Why did I have Cameroon, Africa on my mind? Kenya. She hails from Kenya. I knew it was a case. So I was at least close. And she has she has a story that's really, really remarkable. She's got a book out that I have here in my library as well. And and I want her to just tell about her journey uh, because it's a really it's a really unique journey in that. She was given a diagnosis that she just refused to accept and she turned things around and now she's helping people all around the world do the same. So Flossie Jama, my dear sister, welcome to the pop-up podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey, sister. Well, CL, you know how much I love you and I'm humbled by this moment a lot. I'm really humbled. And Dr. Dunlop, nice to meet you. I'm already going to look you up. And I am liking what I'm hearing. Actually, I'm loving what I'm hearing. I am excited. And this right here for me is an amazing moment because never been a dream or a thought that I could be doing a podcast, leave alone a pop-up podcast, having CL interview me. I, I really kind of had to find a way the very first time because I knew he was going to be, he was going to be a brother. I could tell from yeah. what I heard. My coach told me and I knew it. So I'm thankful. But really quick, even the background, there's a dog barking. That's my daughter's dog. He's out here playing somewhere. It's okay. There he goes. So my story, as you know, I'm going to make it really brief is I was raised and born in Kenya little village like my book says my book is called village vibes it's right there and very poor and no road no paved roads no running water no electricity no amenities but we did it we loved it because that's all we knew and and grew our own food which was the best part of everything else and when i moved in the united states it was a big culture shock, but most of all, it was a food shock for me because in a few years down the line, after I went to nursing school as a second career is when I was diagnosed with autoimmune disease called psychodosis. I can, people say I, sometimes I pronounce it different, but the fact remains it was so nerve wracking. So Psychodosis or autoimmune diseases are usually, they usually don't have a cure. So as you may know, so you just maintain and manage the symptoms and the flare-ups and 
they deteriorate and you know just like we're gonna die in the very end but you know you're looking into that like a mess lupus uh fibromyalgia so many of them and so with all the many doctors specialists that i saw and being a nurse i'm gonna go back and tell dr Danlap, i'm a nurse critical care nurse for the past 27 years and i was seeing all this and so i kind of knew what to expect as far as side effects however I thought I was doing everything okay, eating correct, doing what I, you know, because I'm a nurse. I got it. I know this. I have the information. But I, that wasn't it. And so with all the specialists and all, and whatever they put and presented to me as a treatment, I decided to do my own second opinion and research. And when I embarked on that second opinion and the research, I went all the way and learned so much that I thought I knew, but I didn't. I got so much information. I got so knowledgeable and I went crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can do this. I can go back to the village and take care of my disease because it can be done if I have the faith. But that's not all that I did. I had to change a lot of things, not just the food, which was one of the biggest ones, but I changed how I thought, I changed my mindset, I changed my approach of things, I changed my lifestyle. And mm -hmm. within, with all that, things started falling out of place and I was getting more and more excited and inspired as I was realizing that my blood work was coming back better because it was like a weekly, initially weekly blood, blood work, then bi-weekly, then that kind of thing and all this. And I realized it was coming back better. And so when I went back to the doctor after so many phone calls of why I'm not going back for my appointments and the diagnosis was negative after biopsy, I was ecstatic. I mean, it was like, really? Mm -hmm. And so from there, I went crazy. I went crazy. I'm like, this is what I'm going to bring to my people to my community, it can be done. And so since then it's become my mission. I wrote this book called Village Vibes, which also first time author with very little technology, three fingers typing, CL knows that. 10 weeks, I wrote the book in 10 weeks and it made Amazon bestseller. How about that? <laughs> and so from then I was like, I'm gonna bring these people to the people to the community and became my mission it became my passion i found my purpose right so i changed my title i'm still a nurse but i changed my i i bought myself another title and i called myself nurse floss in jama i am an inspiring health advocate and guide mm -hmm. And what I do is I empower and create awareness to the community to live a simple, healthier life right? and make it a lifestyle. And so as we speak today, my business and my mission, which one of these days will become a nonprofit mm -hmm. is called Simple Life Healthier You, LLC. Simple Life Healthier You. Yeah, that's powerful. And you know, Flossie, when you when you you just mentioned several things that really stand out to me, you said that you didn't just change your diet, 
even though that was an important part of this journey, but you said you also had to change your mindset. Now, how was that? Was that harder than changing your diet? Exactly. It was because that involved my friends, the kind of people I hang around. Yes. The kind of books I read. Yes. The kind of family that depended on me just because they thought I had the finances or whatever it may be, you know? And so it was a lot and, and my spiritual part. So all that was a big part. And when I started working with that and getting all the negativity out of it, which included a lot and a lot of it, including people out of my life, yeah. little by little and losing a lot that did not understand what it is that I'm doing and why I am different and all yeah. that kind. Yeah. Cause I try, I also worked on changing how I spoke and how I related to people. Yeah. All that had to do with it, which was not like before. So in that I lost a lot of friends, you know, I mean, they're there, but not like before. So it was a lot. So now the autoimmune disease, um, how long did it take for things to turn around after you really got, after you really got serious? Seven months. Seven months. Solid months. It was very, I was very aggressive in everything that I did. The people that really know me yeah. know that when I start, <laughs> I don't stop. I just go. My daughter says to me, mom, I don't get it. You're doing all this. You're doing all. I don't. I will set a deadline for something a week in advance. She's like, mom, that can't be done. I'm like, yes, it can be done. Yeah. That's my mantra. Nothing is impossible. You know, it looks you're, impossible until it's not done. Until you know, it's done. You know, Flossie, you're my secret inspiration. I just asked Dr. Dunlap if he'd be a ghostwriter for my book. And of course he turned me down, but <laughs> You're, you know why you're my inspiration? Because my book is supposed to be out 7-24-2022. Like, so I ain't got, but I've, I've been saying, oh, I got seven months. Now I got six months. Now I got five months. Dr. Dunlap, I got four months. Oh, my. I'm, I'm the two-minute drill dude, though, brother. I'm, I'm the master of the two-minute offense. But what is what what keeps in the back of my mind is Flossie did it. How, many, how, how long did it take you to write your book cover to cover and get it out the door? 10 weeks oh. and I would, I've never typed before except at the hospital. So I only, what we, I had what we call Epic Experience, which is a program for the nursing program. Yeah. No program, the nursing documentation, which we just learned to use one or two fingers. I never learned how to type in my life. Really? Before that. And so it was very difficult because I had to use a lot of YouTube. Yeah. I didn't even know how to number my pages. I didn't have a template. I didn't know what a template was. <laughs> and my my coach Tamara was played the biggest role because she kept saying I can do it. I tried to dictate and text. I couldn't because he wouldn't understand my accent. <laughs> that was very, 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 very stressful. <laughs> so I tell people I was that writing my book was is a book because i cried more than you can imagine yeah. it was so difficult yeah but then you and did I it. still work six nights a week 12 hour night shifts yes well that's you know that and that's what i said 10 weeks so that's just uh four eight twelve so that's just two just uh under three months 
And so I'm I'm within that window. So I think there's still hope for me, Flossie. You have inspired me to know that all I need is ten weeks and I can get the book done. I might bring There's you, no hope. I, You're I, doing it. That's you got right. It. I might bring you on as a consultant to get down to the last <laughs> to the wire, right? Dr. Dunlap, bring her on as a consultant. <laughs> Cause Greg, Greg, my VP, he wants to if you got a meeting, Greg, if you say the meeting's at seven, Greg is gonna be standing by at like 10 after six. He he wants stuff done way in advance. I'm sure Dr. Dunlap's the same way. Well, I'm a little different. I you know, if you say the meeting's at seven, then I'm gonna be there, you know, five minutes till five minutes till seven. I'm like, I'm the master of the last minute. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, your book is very, very inspiring. And you know, when when you talk about coming to America, what year did you come to America? 1992. And did you speak English then? I spoke English. It's my third language, but I came into into New York then, so I've been quite a through a few states. But it's not about even the English; it's everything else. Because I never knew how to drive until I learned how not to drive in the United States to drive. Period. Oh wow! In my late thirties, up there, that's when I did. Late? I never, yeah, I, it was not. It was not easy. There was so much to try and capture at the same time. Right. And Flossie, you, you are you. That's what I say. You are such an inspiration because you've not let hold. You have not let anything hold you back. Tell us about real quick, Flossie, about the the little hustle that you got going on with all them juices that you, she got. She, I'm just like I need to quit trying to be a speaker and team up with her. She sells this specialized brew that she makes, and it's going all over the world. Tell us about it. Absolutely, this. Little hustle is a hustle that I didn't plan on <laughs> making it that, which is crazy. Sometimes it blows my mind. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. So while I was changing, uh, working on my di- diagnosis, among what I just mentioned and eating, I started, I went to started juicing and I learned so much about where my food came from and the processing and all that. Cause it's not about juicing. It's about the, every single food piece of anything that I put in my mouth. I was like, I gotta know. Yeah. But they'll say it's organic. Is it really organic? No, right. I gotta be sure. Right. You know? So I learned so much about the different kinds and, and, and that's, that's another whole another day thing. But so with that, I introduced so much to my body very natural stuff that are natural. And one of them is turmeric tea. Turmeric, turmeric, tomato, tomato. I don't know how you say that. Uh But I said turmeric tea. Uh And when I was able to figure out how to make turmeric tea and I learned all the benefits of all the spices that I could put together. And then I started I, I added that to my regimen and I could tell the change and the feeling and, and my blood work was better and the energy and my skin and everything was like, ooh. So my friends know about that turmeric tea and many other things that I, I, I've been doing. And so because I'll serve it to them, I'll go to their house and bring it. I'll go to their house and make it for them. So from there, they said, you probably want to put one of your 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 regimens out there because it's amazing we love it and so we decided okay one of them tried to do the turmeric tea i said i guess i will so i posted it one day on facebook me drinking my turmeric tea i said try me dm me and that's all i did 
I got so many DMs, but CL, here's a problem. I didn't know how I'm packaging this tea, how much is the price, how many ounces I was, I just posted. Right. On, <laughs> on my stories at the normal, it was, I put in my stories. And so, so people are texting me, are DMing me, and I'm figuring out how many ounces is this? It's me in the water and the faucet. I'm like, okay, how much is this? Okay, I don't know. And how much would I sell it? What would I put in a plastic container, in a jar, in a mist? I'm doing all this. And right. finally, I came up with 64 ounces, which is half a gallon. And then I'm like, I got to Google if they have it on Amazon. Like, but now I said tomorrow and it is Sunday and tomorrow is Monday. I can't get it from Amazon. So I'm like, okay, let me see if I can get it from Walmart. So I'm going to Walmart before they close at night, that night. And I got that and I'm like, okay. So I got some orders and I started selling the tea. Right. So I said, pick up or deliver. You can, I can deliver or you can pick up from my house's address, but that's not on Facebook. We started now DMing and texting each other right. with the people. And so I got so many people coming that Monday because it was a Sunday. That Monday, my, dri- my driveway was like, I ain't going to say it on Facebook okay. or All Zoom. Right. Back and forth. I was like, oh my God, what did I do? And so people continue to text me so much in between. And I was like, I don't have the turmeric tea anymore. I did it last on Monday. Probably I'll do it next Monday. And so I kept texting back that. And eventually I decided I'll give it a name, turmeric tea Monday. And I'm only going to do it on Monday. Right. So now the house is called turmeric tea Monday. <laughs> so every Monday, every Sunday I post it. And on Monday, I do so many drop-offs and so many others pick it up and it is really getting big. So it's almost going to be something else. So I'm well, looking you know, I, into, I, yes. I've been, wa- I've been watching you. That's why I wanted to bring <laughs> it up. And uh, if you want some of this tea, all you got to do is DM Flossie Jama. I want to send some more people over to her house or make her have to deliver some more I love the entrepreneurial spirit. You just you just are working hard, uh, Flossie. Not only did you become a registered nurse, you came to the country, figured out how to drive. Driving in America is hard. Got to be the hardest place to drive anyway, because we can't drive here. Um, and finished your book in ten weeks, and just said, you know what? I'm gonna you you tackled an autoimmune disease. You you are truly a testament that no matter the adversity, you can make it, Flossie. And so we really appreciate you coming to the pop-up and hanging out with us. I would love for you to give everybody your website and how people can contact you. Yeah, my my website is www.simplelifehealthier. I say healthier, you.com. Because I look at it, everybody's healthy, so we want to be healthier. And then my Facebook, you can just go to Flossin Jama, which is NJ. Like Annie Nancy J as in John A M A. That's my Facebook. But I also have Simple Life Healthier with a capital U. Simple Life Healthier U family. That's my group. That's your group. Yeah. And in my group, you can get so many testimonials. People are saying my back don't hurt no more. My knees don't hurt no more from the teeth. After two days, my back feels good. I slept good. It's the testimonials are so, oh my God, they're just amazing. I, I'm just thankful that I am. So that is the, what makes me more happy than anything else. 
Yeah, man, that's called impacting life. Flossie Jama, ladies and gentlemen, we've had her on our show, and she is. It was so amazing. Uh, her story, her book is is just re- really so simple, very simplistic understanding in terms of not that her book is simple, but she gives us simple approaches. Like, hey, look, you can do this. Sometimes when you when you get information in your hand, it's so hard to understand. You just get frustrated and quit. But Flossie has made it so that, hey, man, you can get started today on this uh, simple life, healthier you, going back to eating in the ground, uh, from the ground. And uh, you just done a tremendous job, Flossie. Any closing words before we bring Chris D.T. Gordon on? Yes, real quick. Okay. Two things, three things that I talk about, even when my people are ordering my team, and when I talk about creating awareness and empowering people, when I'm talking about that mission, I include the three C's that are very, 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 they mean a lot. And I see, because I've used those three C's and they have brought me to the next level in everything, in my mindset, my life, my everything. The three C's, three C's stand for choice. When you make that choice, whatever choice, business, health, lose weight, get better, marriage, whatever. Commitment, because that's a big one. I think commitment, getting commit, just like you committed to do your book, commitment is a big one because that's how I've gotten where I'm at. And then the big guns that I talk about every single time is consistency. Oh, yeah. Doesn't matter how, how little, it's not the size, it's quality versus quantity. The consistency is big. You don't have to do much every day, just do some. You don't have to do much every day. Just do something. Come on. Just just do something. Yes. Choice. And then one final sentence my mother used to tell me, and that's why I dedicate the book to my mother. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Oh, did you hear that, Dr. Dunlap? She, 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 she in your neck of the woods now, but <laughs> stay ready so you don't have to get ready. That's the world-renowned Flossy Jama hailing from kenya but now lives in st louis right flossy yes. yeah you yes. are you are such a joy and we love and appreciate you that was those were some amazing words i'm glad you came to the pop-up man i might do this again i this love was, you i love your podcast you yeah. didn't know that i'm your biggest fan <laughs> she be out there all the time man yes so uh thank you so much flossy chris dt chris dt gordon uh, and you guys can stay, leave, however you want to do it. This is just a pop-up. So Chris D.T. Gordon is someone who I've grown to be very close with because we got the same name. And uh, we have we have stories that are, you know, they could be diametrically opposed, but yet they're so, they're so similar in overcoming radical adversities. And so, Chris, if you want to come on camera, I, w- I want to introduce you to the folks are you out there, Chris D.T. Gordon? I see you. At, I, there he is. Yes, yeah, see, I, I knew I wasn't. Hey, I, brother. Man, I'm so glad you showed up, brother. Where's your cape? That's what my question is. I thought you were going to come you know, with the you cape You can't on. use the cape all the time. Otherwise, <laughs> it loses its effectiveness. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You got to be Clark Kent sometimes, too, right, Chris? Exactly. Yeah. That's, you know, you have to mix the mild-mannered with the super. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have seen him on our show before. Chris D.T. Gordon, he's a professional speaker, an educator, uh, a motivator with a phenomenal life story that really, you know, sometimes we feel like that you got to manufacture things in order to be relevant. 
But Chris's story is a little different. He was just going about his business, an ordinary day, a typical day that changed his life forever. So what he was doing in the ordinary is really what has made him extraordinary. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to have him with us. Chris, I'm glad you were able to slip in. I know you had to get some juggle some schedules. You're up there still in Minnesota. Is it still cold, brother? Oh, man. You, you know, I am a wimp, so I usually dress like this with my hat, my my hoodie. Yeah. You know, and I'm, just, yeah, I'm north of Flossie in Minnesota, but it's still got a nip in the air. Yeah, man. But, uh, we're hoping for... Hoping for 70s and Saturdays. So. Oh, yeah. Look, Fingers man, crossed. it was 65 here, and we were still kind of bundled up. And we, we're just spoiled in the south. Dr. Dunlap, he's over. He's a little south of me, so he, he likes it warm, right, Dr. Dunlap? Okay. Yes sir. yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, anyway, Chris D.T. Gordon, like I said, is a friend, um, uh, someone very familiar with our show, and he's been on our show, uh, inspired us. He's actually spoken at our Midnight Motivation and so I'm I'm so glad that you had the time to come to the pop up podcast on a Tuesday night. So Chris, why don't you just give us an insight to your journey, brother? Because that's really that's really what captivated me to you. Tell us about the whole journey of Scar Bears. Definitely, definitely, CL. So, and it's really weird because it was seven years ago last month that I happened to scratch the back of my right hand. On our exterior garage, on our exterior garage wall, we have a detached garage. I was helping my wife Becky get the kids ready for school. I picked up our younger son Seth, and I was flying him back and forth just to keep it entertaining. Went too far to the right, scratched the hand on the wall. I looked at it and I quoted one of my favorite movies of all time, *Money Python and the Holy Grail*. I looked down at it and it said, "Tis but a scratch." Uh-uh. Wasn't bleeding, so I figured. I'll put him in the car seat, kiss them all goodbye. They go off on their way. I go back into the house, wash off my hand, start teaching. Three days later, I wake up. I have a lacrosse ball-sized bump on my right elbow. I go get it checked out. They say, keep an eye on it. Let us know what happens. So I did. As over the next 10 hours, my arm ballooned to three times the size. My right arm, my left arm was puny, uh, puny Bruce Banner. My right arm was Hulk smash. I was like the Incredible Hulk amid transformation. But I didn't feel very smashy. I felt more sicky. Yeah. So Becky took me to the hospital. They admitted me. Saw that not only did I have a ginormous right arm, I had also gotten septic, which is Basically, in my case, I had poison running through my veins while I had a ginormous right arm. Yeah. So, of course, they keep me overnight. In the morning, the doctor then says, Mr. Gordon, this is beyond us. We can do nothing more for you here. Where do you want to go? Well, I'm in Minnesota. I'm two hours west of the Mayo Clinic. So I say Mayo. In Rochester, Minnesota. So they fly me to Mayo, and that's where they diagnosed me with flesh-eating bacteria, also known as necrotizing fasciitis. And that began a two-month hospital stay. And Flossie, I, I have to say, I love you not only for the person that you are, but you're a nurse. I absolutely know love nurses. 
they kept me uh, not only healthy, but they a lot of them became friends of mine. Uh, but back to my hospitalization, I I stayed in the hospital for 65 days, needed 15 surgeries. Many of those were extensive reconstructive surgeries. I had to have all the skin from the back of my right hand up to the base of my neck removed and then replaced with skin grafts from the back, my back and my thighs. I even have this lovely part here. This flap of skin here is from my left thigh and it was taken from my left thigh because the infection had gone so far that the doctors at first thought I would need my, to have my arm amputated. Oh my. But they saw that I still had hand functions. I still had hand functions. So they elected to remove uh, a 15 inch by four inch flap of skin. That's five square feet of skin and placed it on my right arm and hand. So since this is my thigh on my hand, I call this my fan. <laughs> yeah. Copyright pending. However, that left a gaping hole in my leg. So they had to remove one of my quadricep muscles and then install knobs and a shoestring type contraption into the wound. So over time, they can tighten the knobs to close the wound. Whew. So all that happened within the first week. And through, and I was even unconscious for the first five days. Of it. I was in a coma for the first five days. But in that, when I, when I woke up, at first I was really confused because I thought I was at, I was at the bottom of a water slide that was like pummeling me with green liquid. Turns out the, the green liquid was coming from within because I was throwing up CT fluid which is not a pleasant way to wake up CL. Let oh. me tell you. Oh my. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It, it, it gets, it gets a one star on Yelp. Would not recommend. <laughs> so I, I finally get my wits about me and I start really taking in what was going on with my, with my whole life. Yeah. And at first I had all kinds of questions, but no answers. Yeah. And that set me down into almost a spiral. I, I call it personal bacteria. Yes, my body was rid of the flesh-eating bacteria, but I had this personal bacteria setting in. All those negative questions to which I had no answers. What was my body going to be like when I fully recovered, if I fully recovered? Yeah. What was my mental state going to be like? What, what were my relationships going to be like? Yeah. How was I going to do in my job? How are we going to survive this financially? I had all these questions, no answers, until my wife Becky started telling me about how people were helping us out. And that this ranged from people shoveling our walkways, snowblowing our driveways, dropping food and toys off for the kids at my in-laws' house who happened to live in Rochester, which is one of the reasons why I told them to send me to Mayo. My brother from Michigan flew in and spent a week and a half with us, sometimes sleeping in the hospital overnight so he could get the latest updates on my condition. 
a high school classmate of Becky started a GoFundMe account that raised well enough to cover my lost wages because I ran out of sick days well into my hospitalization. With all these people doing so much for us, yeah, I felt that if I were to become angry or resentful or anything but grateful, it would be like a slap in the face to anyone who helped us. Right. And so I created what I now call the attitude of gratitude. And I did, when I did that, I started asking myself three questions. I replaced questions with questions, but it's the different kind of questions that made the difference. Yeah. I asked myself, what was I thankful for? Who was I thankful for? And how can I give someone else a reason to be grateful? And by asking those three questions, I started creating a more grateful, more positive, and more resilient me. Because I found that when I'm grateful, not only for the big things, but the small things, I become wealthier than I could ever have imagined. I mean, yeah, I was, I was fine, you know, being thankful for my family, my friends, my faith, my house, my home, my job. But when you can look at a beat up old computer mouse held together with duct tape Uh and you can find value in this, what else can you find value in? Oh yeah. I can find value in these scissors. I can find value in this pen. I can find value in the door hinges that hold up my door. Now, I'm not using any of them right now. But the fact that I can find value in them and appreciate them when I don't need them makes me wealthier than I could have imagined. And it doesn't mean they, you know, their market value is increased, but my appreciation has increased. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that has really kept me so positive and so grateful is that I don't value, I don't look at things in their market value. I look at things how, you know, in the value and how they help me live my life. Yeah. Right. And by valuing them when I don't need them is, is key. Yeah. We, we, we say, Oh, I'm so thankful for this person when you know they came and helped me that that's great that's awesome but i want you to value that person any day of the week that's right and 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 in that cl i want to give your listeners and viewers a three-step process to increase your appreciation of someone i call this the triple a triple a you're gonna the triple a you're gonna actively augment your appreciation of someone okay (laughs) All right, so here we go. The first step is I want you to take someone in one of the social circles that you share and take them out. You're not voting them off the island. You're not booting them out of the house, whatever, whatever analogy you want to use. You're just removing that connection with them, right? You're, you're looking at them on their own. Okay. Then I want you to look and count all the ways that person affects the world in a positive manner. 
It could be how they parent. It could be how they teach. Could be how they do their job. Could be how they treat their friends. Look at all the different ways this person is a positive light in the world. Finally, I want you to put that person back into that social circle that you share. And now just be in amazement that you have this wonderful person in your life. Yeah. I like to use my wife, Becky, as an example. Yes, she's my wife, my partner, my best friend. But I take that I take her out of that social circle that we share. And I see that she's a wonderful mother, a fantastic, loving daughter and sister, a brilliant teacher, a, a well-read historian, a great athlete, a well-polished musician. And she is as geeky as I am, but she plays it closer to the best than I do. Yeah. She's all of those things. And when I put her back in that social circle, she's still all of those things. But she's my wife, my partner, my best friend to boot. Yeah. How lucky am I? That's right, Chris. And it's great to do this with people that we love, our close friends and family. But it's also important to do this with people that we may not get along with very much. Because we can't be friends with everyone. Yeah. But we can be friendly to everyone and show respect. That's good. And so I think if you practice the triple A with one person a day, you're going to find that like the beat up old mouse and like my pen, you are richer than you thought before because you have this wealth of wonderful, positive people in your life. That's powerful. That is powerful. And you know, you know, Chris, Man, you you making me a little emotional at the end of this uh, pop up podcast because you know I've heard your story, I've listened to you speak, and um, I've heard your story several times. But it seems like it 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 just it hasn't gotten old, brother. Because what you did from what you've done from your story and that situation is used it to teach us all how to be thankful. You know, like you said, they were looking at amputation. And, uh, I mean, you woke up in a crazy state. And you looked at that and said, well, I still have something to be thankful for. I And, and I'm telling you, Chris, some people can, you know, some people, especially in the faith community, they can say, well, you know, you haven't gone through what I went through, so you don't know. I would like. I always would like to say, let me pull my friend Chris DT Gordon up and let let let's talk to him about that, um, because I think what is so intriguing, Flossy, with with Chris is that it was just an ordinary day, just an ordinary day, Chris, that you were being an extraordinary dad, and then this, your whole life turned upside down, but you didn't you didn't allow it to to get the better of you is what because because that's what i really really love you went on to do some pretty spectacular things after this event uh tell us some of the things that you've accomplished post-surgery chris certainly well i don't think i mentioned this before but i am a runner and as soon as i was discharged i went out for my first run as soon as i signed the paperwork on 
my home therapy. <laughs> I went out and took my first run and ran the worst mile of my life. Okay. It was awful. I, I felt like I was going to die again, but I didn't. And I kept running. And as of today, I have set or tied four lifetime personal running records in the 5K, the 10K, the 10 mile and a half marathon. And as we just had the, the Boston Marathon run yesterday, I am training to qualify for the Boston Marathon before 2030. I'm not a really good marathoner. I'm much better in those other distances, but I want to run Boston. Yeah. It's, it's been a long-term goal of mine. And I've also started Taekwondo. And as of this past January, I earned my first degree black belt in Taekwondo. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I've earned another teaching license. I am a special education teacher for an online school. And I received my autism teaching license a couple of years ago. And I, as you said before, I'm a professional speaker. Yeah. And I have been speaking. I, I like to say I started a couple of years ago, but it really has picked up this year. Yeah. In fact, April has been my busiest year so to date. I had in one day, I spoke in two different schools, three presentations and two student workshops. I spoke last week at an elementary school for the very first time. And as you uh, alluded earlier, I was wearing a cape. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I have to tell you, speaking in front of 450 K through five, K five students in a cape, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, 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 inspire, I wish everyone could do it at least once. It is a good time. And at the end of this month, I'm speaking for a mother of multiples state workshop in the Twin Cities. And as a dad of multiples, I think I qualify. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so, but, you know, my speaking is going well. And I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to schools, universities, other organizations who can use TAG, the Attitude of Gratitude, right. to help their members increase their gratitude, positivity, resilience. I'm also working on a book, and uh, I finished the second half first because the second half of the book will be a journal, a year-long journal, so people can practice TAG through for 52 weeks. Yeah. And I actually offer the journal to my audience members so they can practice tag in a PDF form. Yeah. Because I want to get them going and get them working on this and not wait for until the book is ready. Right. That's good. That's powerful, Chris. You know, Chris, um, the 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 reality is, brother, that we have a surplus of of unthankfulness. Right? We ha we have a surplus in our world of ungratefulness. And we need, you know, I know we joke about the cape, but we need superheroes like you, brother, that that are that are going around um, and teaching people that you can find thankfulness and you can find gratitude in all the stuff that we kind of dismiss. I never I, I know I think you may have said this before, but I never really looked at it from your perspective, the taped up mouse. You know, it, it's just a, it's just an inanimate object. I just disregard it. I only I'm only thankful for it when when I need it, when it works. 
And uh, Chris, you really have helped us to understand that uh, there's a lot to be grateful for, brother. I will say this, that what you've taught me is that your life, even though we know our lives are just vapors, your life can change in 24 hours, can it? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It, it sure can, sir. Yeah, and and you just you just continue to you just continue to raise the bar, and I think these other things that you're doing should speak to people who have gone through traumatic situations. I know Flossie is tracking all the the medical situation that you went through since she's a nurse. So I know she can understand it all, but you're you're teaching us not to just wallow in our sorrow, and not just wallow in the you know you could have had a woe is me mentality. So let's just ask that real quick before we go, Chris. Was there ever a time in the journey of getting back to Chris D T Gordon? that you know you you got down on yourself or you or you felt depressed or you didn't think you were going to make it there were two times cl i remember crying and it wasn't out of despair or disillusionment it was out of frustration one was in the hospital because i couldn't sleep very well my pain meds were low and so i was i was in i had a lot of skin grafts taken off my back mm. and I was having a hard time sleeping. And the other time was you're at home a, a month or so into my post hospital life. And I was just a little frustrated. Yeah. But my, the attitude of gratitude, you know, has kept me always looking for that bright, you know, that, that silver lining. Yeah. Always looking for that bright light. And I want to leave you with two things, but I'm going to leave you with this first, CL. Your current reality is not your destiny. Oh, that's so true. Because as you said, things can change. Your whole life can change in 24 hours. Your life can change in an instant, depending on the situation. Right. However, that's not always bad. Right. And and so if you, and like Flossie was saying earlier, you have to be consistent. You have to do the three C's. You have to be consistent and you have to do two other things that start with C. I can't remember them. Choice, the rest of them, but I choice and commitment. Earlier. Choice and commitment. Yes, choice and commitment. You have to choose your, your, your passion. You have to choose your purpose. You have to commit to practicing every day and you have to stay consistent with it. Yeah, that's right. Because that is going to carry you to that next level, to that reality that you want to get to. Right. Right. And secondly, uh, before I, I take off here, I want to invite Flossie onto my podcast, Scar Bearers, where I let others tell their tales of trial and triumph. Because I think you would be a great ho uh, great guest for that, Flossie. And so uh, you can reach out to me at chris at chrisdtgordon.com. My website is chrisdtgordon.com. You can download a free tag one sheet. You can check out some of my videos. You can check out what I, what I have to offer as a speaker. You can also go to the merch store to my Chris D.T. Gordon's Tag and Pop Shop to get a nice hat here. Uh, 
tag hat, you get my what is your favorite dinosaur t-shirt. CL knows this is the question I, I, I finish off my interviews with all the time. Yes, yeah, so you better be thinking about your favorite dinosaur, Flossie. <laughs> yes, I will ask. <laughs> Chris, did you you got on uh, Steve Bicycle's show, didn't you? Uh, yes, I, yeah. I believe so. The funny science fiction. Oh, Tim Bicycle? Yes, yeah, Tim Bicycle. I'm sorry, Tim Bicycle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah f- I was on Tim's show. Yeah, I think because I think I was scrolling through and I saw you on there and I said, oh, this is a perfect fit because I know you yeah. did, you were talking superhero stuff, no doubt, right? Oh, yeah, I was on both of his shows. Yeah, yeah man. I was, uh, two, two of his shows, at least. He has three. Right. But, yeah, Tim and, Tim and I, you know, we're, we're, we're both trolls. Right. Because we grew up in Michigan under the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Tim and I have a lot in common. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is a really good guy. He worked, he's actually, he actually designed the backdrop behind me. So, uh, um, I remember that. Yep. And yeah, he actually, uh, printed off a, about a thousand of these fridge magnets I had uh, a hand out uh, to people. Oh, nice. Nice. There we go. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, so we're just, we're just doing a big old promotion for Tim. We are, man. Tim got to Tim got to slip us a little got to slip us a C note, don't he? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, listen, Flossie, cool. uh Chris, you guys are so special. Dr. Dunlap I, we we didn't plan to do this. I, you know, us content creators were always thinking of new things. So I see closed pop-up shops. I see, you know, different pop-ups. And I said, why don't we try a podcast pop-up? And so I just did it. And I'm, I'm telling you what, it couldn't have been, uh, we couldn't have had any better presenters today. You guys are just life changers, world changers. Uh, I love you. Flossy, get up with Chris. Get on his show. And uh, let me know when it is because I'm definitely going to tune in. Great people. I thank you guys so much for making this a great night. We might do this again next month, but I pray God's blessings over you guys' life. Chris, I pray you get 100 more gigs, bro. I I, 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 I told my team, I said, man, I may not get there. I, I may not get to whatever the pinnacle is. But, man, if I can play a little part along the way. Flossie, what did I say? If I can just fan the flames of somebody else, I know that I've done my mission. I may not can stay there and start to keep the whole fire going for you, but if I can come along and fan the flames that, that you're trying to get going, that's what God called me to do. I feel more in my purpose when I'm promoting others even than when I'm promoting myself. So I love y'all. Well, I appreciate it, Seal. Yeah, I appreciate it too, man. I love you guys, and I hope that y'all have a great night, okay? Thank, thank you, you so you much. It was nice meeting you, Chris, and thank you, CL. What's your podcast name, by the way? My podcast is called Scar Bearers. Scar so bearers. like bearing, bearing scars, scar bearers, not scar bearers, which, you know, would be visually awesome and frightening, <laughs> but scar bearers. All right, Scar Bearers, we, we're looking for... See, that's what it's about, ladies and gentlemen. Collaboration, connection, and uh, Flossie Jama going to be with Chris D.T. Gordon on Scar Bearers, and uh, we look forward to seeing that. So God bless you guys. I hope you have a blessed night, okay? You too. Thanks this you was too, a blast. Take Good care, night. guys. See you, bro. Record-